0: The Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives.
1: All right, welcome back to the Missional Life Podcast. Today we are with Kevin Malone. Kevin has been named the best general manager in baseball, and has worked with professional baseball teams, including the Montreal Expos, the Minnesota Twins, and the L.A. Dodgers, helping them reach the postseason and even win the world championship. He's also been featured on Fox News and ESPN. But today, Kevin is here to share about his new film, The Sean Miracle, which tells the spectacular story of the miracle and redemption his family has experienced. Kevin, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, guys. God bless you guys. It's an honor to be on with you.
1: Thank, Thank you, Kevin. you. Kevin, let's just jump right into it. Tell us what happened on July 2nd, 2013.
0: Well, my son, Sean, who was a senior at the University of Southern California, had did a study abroad semester international business at the University of Melbourne in Australia. He had come home two days before that and had been out partying with his USC friends, and he never woke up uh, that morning. He had uh, done. Uh, too many drugs and it was shutting down his system. Uh, he was struggling to breathe. We called nine one, one, got him to the emergency room in, in uh, Santa Monica, California. They told us all his vitals were shutting down, that it didn't look good. They didn't think he was going to make it. And I started praying and texting and emailing all my friends and men and women of God, asking them to pray and fast for my son because he looks like he was going to die. But, uh, God spared him that night, moved him up to ICU. And, uh, three or four days later, the neurologist told us that basically he was brain dead that we needed to pull his feeding tube and starve him to death because if he ever woke up out of the coma that he was in, he would be in a vegetative state and he wouldn't want to live like that. So, you know, they gave us no hope, but, uh, I said, no, we know the God of hope we're praying, we're fasting, and we're asking God for a miracle. And, uh, they kind of scoffed at us and uh, laughed at us a little bit because of of, of us not listening to their uh, great intelligence and their great uh, recommendation. But uh, we know the God of Hope, and uh, and He came through like He always does. He's faithful.
2: Amen. So tell us, you
1: know, when they told you that, what happened to your family, you know, when the doctors, Mm -hmm. what went through your mind as, as dad, as mom, as I know Sean has a sister, what Mm -hmm. were those conversations looking like? And, and what were some of those voices uh, in your spiritual family saying to you at that time?
0: Amen. Well, because we had known he had done drugs since high school and we knew he was a partier. uh, We were always concerned that something like this might happen. Uh, we thought and prayed, though, that this would never happen. Uh, so when it happened, it was kind of surreal, and we kind of, in some ways, weird ways, I think we were prepared for it. But with that being said, you're never prepared to hear the doctor say that your son is brain dead and, and for us to starve him to death and, and kill him. So uh, I think... We didn't, we were getting from the world, we were getting, there's no hope, there's no optimism. Uh, But we knew that the only place to turn was to Jesus, that we needed to cling to him, cry out to him, trust him, seek him, spend time in the word, more time in the word, uh, listen to worship music, listen to sermons, pray with friends. And we just felt like we had to push, kind of push all of our chips in, uh, so to speak and put them all in the Lord's, uh, at, at the at the foot of his, his at the cross, uh, and ask him to do a miracle. And that's what we did, because we were struggling. I mean, we were mourning, and we were upset and disappointed. But it's interesting you ask that question, because oftentimes I think back, there was a peace through all that. It doesn't really make sense. And we know the peace of God surpasses all understanding. But even in the midst of the worst of times, when we didn't, we weren't getting any, uh, any hope from the doctors. We felt there was hope, and we were just going to trust the Lord to be faithful and 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 deliver a miracle because we know He is Jehovah Rapha, the Almighty God that heals. So, uh, I think we just we just kept focused. We had to take it day by day. My wife would spend days at the hospital. I spent, I stayed overnight at the hospital every night uh, until we got to Colorado, the third hospital. We. We got kicked out of the first two because they said they couldn't do anything for Sean and they had given up hope. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we just, we, we just really, really uh, put all of our eggs in, in God's basket and wow. we didn't have any other choice. You know, I think of, of that story in the Bible where, where Peter and and there's a bunch of followers uh, following after Jesus and, and a bunch of the followers start to leave and. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, are you going to leave me too? And he says, Jesus, where am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life. So that was kind of where we were. Where are we going to go? There's nowhere mm-hmm. else to go. And that we knew that Jesus uh, was the healer and that he had the words of hope and the words of encouragement and the words of of healing and delivery. So uh, we just tried to stay focused day by day and, and just trust in the Lord to, to show up at some point. And he did. Praise God he did about 60 days later and brought Sean out of his coma.
2: Wow. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you mentioned moving hospitals three times and, but having a peace and staying focused, can you speak a little bit more to that? What, Mm -hmm. what daily steps did you guys take to Mm -hmm. stay focused? How did you respectfully handle the hospitals Mm -hmm. kicking you out? Because that's, Mm -hmm. that's some real stuff. That's not easy, you know? Um,
0: well, I think there's, there's practical things you can do. So basically my wife and I established routines where she would, she would, I would be at the hospital all night and she'd show up at eight or nine or 10 in the morning, depending on what was going on. Uh, and then I would go home for a little while and work or do whatever I could do. So I think there's really some, um, there's blessings and some comfort in, in a routine in in taking different steps. And I'd come back to the hospital in the early afternoon and then I'd go out and get food. Usually my daughter Shannon was there. We have a an honorary son we adopted from Uganda from Africa, Peter, who's in the in the movie. Uh, he he was around a lot. We had friends flying in uh, from different places. Tracy Williams from Edmond, Oklahoma came in, I had people coming in just to, just to, to kind of bring us comfort to pray with us and just to help. So I think a big part of getting through this is to rely on your friends and the support of others. And that's mm-hmm. why I think when families go through difficult trials and tribulations, we need to come around them. And we, you know, we need to start, we need to quit being judgmental and, and bringing condemnation. And we just need to bring love and support when a family, no matter what it is, if it's a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, if it's, a pornography addiction or, or whatever it is that's causing uh harm to a family uh, we need to circle around them come around them and i i just uh i just think that's so important and that's that's what really got us through the days was our routine trusting in the lord spending time in prayer a lot of time in prayer and just hanging out with our friends and being surrounded by loved ones so uh, mm-hmm. that's how we got through those those 60 days and then when he, when he walked out of the hospital 60 days later, there was still a lot of physical therapy, speech therapy. I mean, when God brought him back to life, he was legally blind. He couldn't stand. He couldn't walk. So he had to go through all these therapies to be healed. And uh, I mean, physically healed. The great mm-hmm. thing about it is when Francis Chan, our pastor, came in, and I mean, he and I have friends. We've traveled a lot together. When he and his daughter came to see Sean in the second hospital, You know, he he was amazed at how bad his condition was. But after the fact, when God brought him back to life, uh, Francis said, yeah, the physical healing is pretty exciting and it's and it's a miracle. But what what was more important is Sean came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior uh, soon after he came out of this coma.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was something that stuck out to me within the film was when your wife says that there was a moment where she realized that that Sean didn't have Christ and mm-hmm. she could not picture your son not being with God, but in, in you know, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at, at the father and at the mother ourselves, wow, mm-hmm. you know, what a, what a heavy load. So um, yes. what a miracle to see him, you know, turn around and, and, you know, and accept Christ, you know, after this huge yes. tragedy, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I was thinking about how, what we magnify becomes bigger to us it doesn't always become bigger to to other people but when we magnify Mm -hmm. something it becomes bigger to us and i love how you guys chose to magnify god in your situation and you know environment matters uh Mm -hmm. your surroundings matter and you know you can you can when you go to the hospital and when there's all these health professionals kind of speaking science speaking facts speaking you know let's just call it unbelief really Um, yes man it's, it's so important for you to to step away from that and magnify God magnify his word magnify what yeah. he has done and and you know will do in other people's lives and i think about the story of jesus you know and he's he take he's, he's doing miracles and he takes these people out of the town to to go do a miracle and I think like, you know, to me, he takes it, he removes them from this environment of unbelief and he goes outside the village and does the healing process. And, and, you know, even Jesus was affected by the unbelief of other people. And so Amen. environment matters when you're believing mm-hmm. God for a miracle, you guys did exactly, you know, what we've, we've seen other people do that have seen God you know, just really come through in huge ways is that you magnified God, you stayed in the word, you, you brought in your people to speak faith to you, and not yes. let yourself just simply be driven by the facts and the science. And you know, essentially those who don't have
0: the things of, of the spirit on their right. minds. Right. Yeah, and I think that's that a really, really good point. That's a really good I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, sorry. Um, I was going to say that really just gives such a, a good example of the church surrounding you guys, you know, through mm-hmm. your family and friends who are fellow believers and your pastor yes. being there. And that's just amazing. You know, we need each other.
0: Yes. So now that's <laughs> that's the thing that I think of to, you know, as you mentioned that uh, surroundings do matter. And I think we live in a culture now of, of that wants to cancel you if you disagree with their opinion and there's a lot of anger and darkness and division and we know that Jesus said the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but he mm-hmm. came that we have uh, a more abundant life and more of it so I think the reason I say that is is that I agree with you on the environment and you know I think a lot about in in my son's nickname is now Laz for Lazarus mm-hmm. so it's <laughs> apropos but I think about when Jesus called him out of that tomb, uh, I think leading up to the miracle, there was a lot of naysayers and people saying he's been dead three days and this and that and discouragement and no hope. And And Jesus shows up and he is the hope and he does a miracle and he comes out. Lazarus comes out. He's still wrapped, so he still has to deal with these issues uh, And he's, because he's wrapped up. and. What I think that's in John 10 or 11, but like the next chapter in the gospel of John, it talks about because of his testimony, people were trying to kill Lazarus to shut him up. So people would quit talking about this miracle and about this Jesus, the miracle worker. So Mm -hmm. I think you're, you're, you're very astute in talking about environment. And I think that is a challenge and that is an encouragement to mothers and fathers All over the country, really, all over the world, to know the friends of your kids, to know who they're involved with. Because I see it all the time. I see uh, parents are checked out. They don't know who their 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 kids' friends are. They don't know what they're doing on social media. They don't know what they're doing on the internet. And there is predators, and there is evil men all over uh, our country that are looking to. Uh, destroy our our children so uh, that was a really good point you know I've done a lot of interviews and uh, no one's really ever brought that up in the way you did so I I thank you for because it's very very important uh, the culture or the environment uh, that we have our kids in uh, where we go for healing where we go for uh, restoration where we go just to seek and be in the presence of God. See, that that's what God's laid on my heart a lot the last few months is to seek him wholeheartedly, to be in his presence, to be in communion with him. So as you mentioned, I can magnify his name. So the more I seek him, the closer I get to him, the more I can magnify him because people really don't know who God is. We made this movie so people would know the God of hope, that they would mm-hmm. know that God is still in the miracle business. He loves us. He loves all of us and he wants a relationship with us through faith in his son jesus through repentance and forgiveness and following jesus we need to be real about that we need to tell people the truth and that is the truth that god is real he loves us and he wants a relationship with us
2: amen and you know one um, scene in particular that struck me in the film was the scene of you kneeling at the bed Mm -hmm. your son was Mm -hmm. lying and as we were as dan and i were watching that i just thought wow that's the heart of the father for Mm -hmm. his children you know that god desires that none should perish but that all come to everlasting life and that picture just really struck me and like you said it shows who like who god is he loves us he is kind he is for us
0: and i think you know as you guys know, I think we all are broken. We all need a savior. We all yeah. need Jesus. And I think what I've learned over the years is that God, God speaks to us and uses us when we humble ourselves before him. You know, And I believe that as I cried out to God, I mean, you know, it, was, it was painful, even though I knew God was in control. I was dealing with the reality that my son was in a coma, and he possibly uh, could die. And if he did die, uh, he didn't know Jesus. He was on his way to hell, separated from from God for eternity. That's the, that was as you mentioned. I mean, that was the worst. And my wife mentioned it as you as you said in the in the movie, that she cried out, "God, if if, if Sean knows you, bring him on home to heaven. If he doesn't, we need a miracle because he needs to come back." and get to know you. So I think that's, that's kind of, and probably for you guys as well, because of, of, of of missional life and, and what God has called you guys to do is that we, we, we really need to share the gospel. We really need to show the love of of Jesus these days. It is, Mm. it's, it's crazy out there. It's evil. It's dark. It's, and I think, you know, we're going through a discipline. I think God is disciplining this nation because we've turned our back on him and we're seeing, A lot of crazy stuff going on. So it's an opportunity in the midst of all this chaos and confusion, this crisis kind of time we're living in, to put Jesus on display and magnify him and lift him up and live in a way that they see this love that we have, not only for him, but for others. So uh, I think God's really disciplining us right now, and he's calling out the church to step it up because uh, this is spiritual warfare. We're in a, we're in a battle and uh, we're his warriors. I mean, we're his ambassadors. We, we need to be obedient. No one ever wants mm-hmm. to talk about obedience. It's like, uh, anyway, I don't get, I'll get off on tangents. So I apologize for that. I just start going <laughs> and my wife, my wife, but she was here. She'd be kicking me under the table saying, you're on a bunny trail. You're on a rabbit trail. Get back on point. So anyway,
1: but you're, you're making a point that, you know, it is time for the church to step yes. up and, you know, we are the ambassadors. We are yep. those who have been, you know, given that we are ministers of reconciliation. We're supposed yeah. to go mm-hmm. out there and let people know that Christ is reconciling the world to himself. He has, and he wants to, you know, he wants that for every, every person, mm-hmm. um, every, yes. every, every son, every daughter. And um, mm-hmm. I love how you brought that up about, you know, that's the, the heart of the father. He doesn't desire Amen. that anybody should perish, you know, and I want to, I want to talk about fatherhood real, uh, mm-hmm. for, for a minute, and you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, knowing who your friends were or your your mm-hmm. children's friends were, and I mean, we're we're beginning to watch that our children are younger, but um, you know, we we know that friends, you know, influence um, mm-hmm. behavior, and so you know, your son was you know valedictorian of, of the class, and he started kind of going down this dark dark darker route. How mm-hmm. did you guys find about out about that? And then, you know, were while you were working baseball, how did that affect your, your family? And was there any kind of correlation, um, that, mm. you know, between those things?
0: Well, we, we came to find out just as you kind of alluded to that, uh, he had been an athlete his whole life and athletics were becoming less important to him. He had always been a very good student and either a salutatorian valedictorian always got good grades. And then that became less important. And he started hanging out with different people. And the Bible says, bad company will corrupt good character, good morals. So mm. we saw a change in his lifestyle. And this started probably yeah, early on in high school, freshman, sophomore year. And he started getting into trouble and with the law and getting in fights and just being kind of a rebel. And that had never been him and not being interested in sports or, or in his studies. So that was those were all red flags that there was something going on in this life. But I have to say my wife is, she's a Proverbs 31 lady. She's a a woman of God. She was doing all the right things. She was making, they were in Christian schools at the beginning. They were at Bible studies, they were at Sunday school, they were at Christian camps, they were praying, they were doing the things that Christian families do. Uh, And I was working, and so part of that problem and I look back as I failed for many years as a husband and a father because my God was my work, was my career, was being successful. I thought that for me, being a good father was to put a good roof over my family's head and put food on the table and provide for all of their physical needs. I didn't realize till later that what they wanted was me. They they, they wanted time with me. And I, I didn't give, give that to them for so long. So... I've asked God to forgive me and my wife and kids for failing them all those years because my priorities were out of whack. I mean, my job was way more important than my family, and that's wrong. And I think it's okay to work hard because that's how I was successful. I outworked everybody. I was a, a very, very hard worker. I wasn't as skilled or as gifted in many ways, but I figure out how to beat you because I'd outwork you and and find find a way to have success and to win. But I think now about it, I could have worked smarter and not longer. I could have been intentional about setting time aside to be the husband and father that my wife and my kids needed. But I, I I sacrificed them and those relationships because I was trying to be successful in the world. I was trying to win world championships for my team and it's okay to work hard. I'm not saying don't work hard. Mm -hmm. I'm saying just know, that your priorities are God first, your family second, and, and 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 then your career. So don't put your career ahead of your family. And and for a lot of people, men in particular, me and to some degree, I put my career before God even. So when you do that, you're setting yourself up for big failure. And uh, my suggestion is is men just just make sure your priorities are what li- are in line, and, and don't. I mean, you can work hard and work long hours, but make sure you're not collecting your family.
1: So good. Such a good reminder from, you know, man to man, Mm -hmm. just to to hear that for for, for any listener really is to, you know, have your priorities in place because Mm -hmm. it doesn't just affect you, but it affects, you know, everyone around you as well, those closest to you. So, you know, as a manager, it's your job to help cast vision and lay out a path to success what are some of the best ways you've been able to take some of your professional coaching and managing experiences and transfer them into leading yourself and family? Well, like how do you, how do you lead team alone?
0: That's a great question. Uh, I think all of my career was for me to learn how to be an architect in in building championship teams and all that I went through the processes, the relationships, the work, everything wasn't for then God was going to use it for later for the work in the mission field and sharing the gospel so basically what I learned from my career was how to be successful how to build teams how to motivate teams how to keep teams focused so God blessed me with all this these experiences and opportunities so once I got out of baseball that I could use it for his kingdom. Mm -hmm. So now what I do is first and foremost is my wife and my kids. So how do I position them as a husband and a father to get closer to the Lord? I mean, I can't live their life for them or their faith, but I can lead them by example. And I can make sure that I'm doing what God calls me to do to be obedient to him. And that reflects to them who God is in my life and that he's a priority and I live to, to worship him. Uh, I work now, all that I do is a form of worship. And I wish back in the day that my work in major league baseball for 17 years, I would have did it as worship. I did it for myself because I was a selfish guy that wanted personal success. So I think that, uh, that 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 what i've experienced and what i've learned impacts my family because i now know what a spiritual leader is supposed to be how he's supposed to live and act and what my wife and kids need from me that's one that's extremely important the second thing is now i do a lot of different type of ministry uh, one i have a great love for israel so i'm fighting the bds i'm fighting anti-semitism that's one thing another thing i'm doing is basically sharing the gospel through the Sean Miracle movie. But the other thing is I fight child sex trafficking in America. So I'm building collaboratives and teams around the United States to change laws at the federal level, at the state level, to protect kids. We rescue kids. We have the only, uh, my ministry, the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, we have the only boys traffic safe home in America. It's in the state of Florida. So people don't know this, but there's over a hundred thousand boys and girls being sold for sex every day and 30% plus are little boys. No one's up. So we God has called us to fight for these little boys. And then, so we have this restoration. So we're trying to change laws. We're trying to educate people that our kids are under attack. There's so many predators out there. So uh, I think I've been able to use what I learned in the baseball world and how you build teams and how you met, how you put teams in position to succeed that's what I'm doing uh, in, in in ministry now.
1: For those for other ministry leaders, what are can you share a few of the you know few of those top things that you have mm-hmm. learned and are applying into now this new ministry?
0: Yeah. Well, the first and foremost is to die to self, count the cost, and take up your cross daily. You lead by surrendering to Jesus, and you lead by putting others first. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have, as you talked about earlier, I have vision, I've created vision as to things that whatever ministry I'm involved in needs to get done. And then what are the strategic plans and steps to implement the vision to make it happen? Uh, so what I try to do is one is I try to lead by example. That means be humble. Uh, and that means hire the right people, Mm -hmm. find the right people to be part of the team, and position them to have success. Put them in situations where God has gifted them or to have experience and allowed them to, to, one, depend upon God to use their, their skills and their talents in a particular area of whatever ministry work they're doing. So to me, it's about being united. The Bible talks about in Solomon that God blesses unity. I don't see a lot of unity around the country right now even in nonprofits, and sometimes, unfortunately, in churches and ministries. So we need to be unified as brothers and sisters in Jesus and Christ and and help each other, support each other. So sometimes that means, you know, I, I, I've i been in the spotlight. I've been on TV shows. I've been in Sports Illustrated. I've, been, I've done all that stuff. So to me, I've learned God showed me, gave me a glimpse of that, but he showed me what's even more important and more satisfactory brings more satisfaction is being in his presence and loving on him, but by by loving on him, meaning serving others, helping others succeed, putting others in position to impact the kingdom. So, you know, we do all that we can do uh, in our ministry. Uh, I've got about 20 in in the United States Institute, but we bring other ministries together, other collaboratives. And how do we help you grow? How do we help you scale? How do we help you, impact the kingdom through your ministry what 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 do you need that you don't have so it's this collaborative kind of approach to bring unity and to help uh, meet each other's needs so that they can reach their potential to Im- impact the kingdom and to, and to grow the kingdom and to bring honor and glory uh, to our lord and savior jesus christ
1: wow amazing i love just how you it essentially comes down to loving others serving others Mm. and being in unity, which are these major themes across scripture, you know, and, and, you know, you've kind of been through these worldly success principles and, you know, you've lived success in the world, uh, in the world's eyes, but you really, you know, the secret, the secret sauce, the recipe is doing what the Bible tells us to do all
0: along. Amen. Well, and that's the thing, you know, as you guys know, and I get a little frustrated. My wife says I'm too passionate sometimes about the causes that I fight on behalf of the Lord, but I'm tired of people talking the talk and not walking the walk. Do something. That's my Mm -hmm. motto now is do something. Don't just Mm -hmm. tell me what you're going to do or tell me what you'd like to do. Go do it. Go do something for the kingdom. And Mm -hmm. I just think we're living right now. The world's looking at us and say, why do we want what you guys got? Mm What you say is this relationship with God through Jesus. And you live just like me. You just living like the world. You ain't any different. Where is that? What about Stephen Curtis Chapman in one of his old songs? What about the difference? What what is the difference in us? And I think that's unity, that's love, that's helping others. That's, I mean, don't I make mistakes? I sin, I fall short. But I I am, I think we need to really step up, be bold about our faith, Mm -hmm. love on people, and realize there are sacrifices to be made, and also know there's going to be persecution. I mean, we're yeah. seeing Christians in Afghanistan right now and all over the world, Christians are being persecuted for their faith in Jesus. We we live in the soft, comfy USA where Christians, they, there's no challenges, there's no struggles. or They say there's no issues they're dealing with. They're, they're not being persecuted. We're starting to see the beginnings in this country of Christians being persecuted and attacked. So it's 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 here now. So I think we need to figure out strategically what is the game plan to fight the evil that that is coming at us and how do we further the kingdom and how do we bring honor and glory to the lord so i don't i just think i don't think christian's really in, 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 i'm kind of i'm kind of in disappointed let's say i'm di- in that we don't fight the fight you know we it's like francis chan used to say i love this saying: is we're good at like running like a football team we run out to the huddle And we were, it's like a holy huddle. We call a play, but instead of running it, we all run back to the sidelines and we stand there. Then we run out for the next, then we run out and have another holy huddy huddle. We talk about what we're going to do and all these plans. Then we run back and we don't, and we go in the sidelines and we just, we like holy huddles. We like talking about stuff, but I don't see enough action. You know, the Bible's pretty clear. Don't tell me, show me. I mean, it's pretty clear that, uh, he talks about action, how action uh, brings results and how it honors the Lord. So, uh, I just, I'm just challenging myself because I can get off, off track and I can get off the path too. So I, I need to stay in the word, stay in prayer, stay in fellowship and just stay seeking God because the enemy is is, is in full force right now.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think about the principle in the Bible that hope drives faith and faith drives action, you Mm. know, and we have to have Mm. that hope first. Mm. And then, you know, we get that, we catch catch hold of hope. And then when we start believing the right things, then it propels us into doing the right things. And so that's why it's so important to fellowship and to meditate and to to be in the word daily. Uh, You know, I think we all can be reminded of that. Sometimes we can be busy or whatever, but, you know, uh, it's so important to build your life on those things because, you know, we think about the wise man and the foolish man they both built a house you know um, they both built houses mm-hmm. the same storm came but it was the preparation work you know the, the same yes. storm hit both of their lives right and we're gonna we're gonna have a storm hit our lives and it's just a matter of what foundation did you build on and,
0: mm-hmm. I, and the preparation as you're talking about is is the word of god mm-hmm. we have to be in the word of god if 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 anybody out there any of your listeners are are, are, are hearing our, our discussion you have to be in the word of God. You have to, as it says in Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God because we're not really fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against the devil and his demons and evil. I mean, people don't want to hear that. And everybody says, oh, you're getting so mystical. The devil is real. I've seen his ugly face up close when I'm rescuing kids from being so as sex slaves for years. Is is that, it, it, Where's that coming from? So I think we as Christians need to 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 really get tough, spend time in the word of God, he will equip us, he will train us, he will prepare us, as you mentioned, for this fight that we're in, so that we can live a victorious life. Yeah, we're going to be victorious when we get to heaven. But I think we can be victorious Mm -hmm. now here on earth and have Mm -hmm. the joy, the peace of God, and have the purpose and and I think too many believers, too many Christians, they're not in the word, so they don't really know who they are in Christ. I think the biggest thing for us is to know our identity. Mm-hmm. Who are we in Christ? What does that mean? We're sons and daughters of the king of kings, the creator of the world. Do we know what that means? Do we know the promises of God? Do we know what God? I mean, it's like, it's like a baseball team. You, you can give or a football, any sports team. You, you have a, a strategic plan. You have a playbook. If you do what it says in the playbook, you have a good chance, or you're going to be successful because you have a plan and and you carry it out. So I just I just don't know how people can. You got to be in the Word. I, I just stop right there. You've got to spend time in the Word of God, or you're going down. You're going to be defeated. It's yeah. it's I mean that's just straight talk, truth.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I get that, a little passionate, so I appreciate you guys receiving it. No, no it's that's, a timely that's word.
1: good. Yeah, it's a timely word because, you know, the the, the, the church needs to take action and the church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, needs to take action. But we take action uh, from identity. You know, we're not working for victory, working from victory. And Amen. Amen. And so Jesus has already fought the war. He's already given us victory. Now we fight from victory. We don't, we're not fighting for mm-hmm. it. And so um, right. and it's, it's all about position. And as you know, in baseball, position is everything, right? Yes. Um, and so we are positioned as victors in Christ. And now it's a, it's a matter of knowing that and then acting from that whatever God has put in your heart, whether it's working you know, against trafficking or whether it's working against you know, whatever issue it is, it's working from mm-hmm. that position of victory of what God has gifted you in and called you to, what mission he's called you to uh, to live and fight for. And, then,
0: and, and I, then- That's a good point. I think you're talking, that's a great word right there. And I think people need to know, every one of your listeners, God has a plan and purpose for each of our lives. And I was with Francis Chen. We were in Thailand. We were in, in, in Chiang Mai. But we were in Chiang Mai, but then we went down to Mesa, which is in the middle of Thailand. And, and we saw all these people living like out in these slums and it broke our hearts, not bec- because they didn't know who they were. It, it, they didn't know the Lord and they didn't really know that they had no purpose in life. And I think, you know, that was an extreme, but I come back to the United States. If you don't know Jesus and if you're not seeking him, there's a chance, a good chance, you're not going to know the plan and the purpose that God has for you. You're never really going to know what that's like to, to, to be walking in the spirit of God, knowing what God's called you to do, knowing that you're equipped and trained because of the victory, as you just talked about, and and knowing that that pleases and brings honor and glory to the Lord. And that's His kingdom. I mean, I've had, I owned a Mercedes-Benz dealership. I ran major league baseball teams. I've had everything the world says is what life is all about. And it all fell short. It -hmm. was nothing compared to seeking God daily, being in his presence and, and showing others this love relationship that I have with God. And that, and and, yeah, I do feel like, you know, I was with some buddies last night and we were talking about, they said, you're kind of hard on yourself. And I said, well, God is a God of excellence. And I want to be excellent for the Lord. It's not about me anymore. I've been there. I've been, I've done all that worldly stuff, but I want to know that, that I'm doing everything I can with excellence to point people to Jesus. And that, 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 that to me is, is a bit of a heavy burden. Uh, I mean, I, I feel that. So some people say, well, that maybe that's not right. Well, that's what I feel. That's the way God's wired me. And, and I'm gonna encourage and challenge people all over the world that that's what it's all about. Wow. I
1: so if you could s- sum up, you know, your hope for this movie, this the Sean Miracle, what would your hope be that the viewer grasps when they watch mm-hmm.
0: it? Well, there'd be there's two hopes or two desires that, that one that people don't know Jesus, that don't have a relationship with him, that never really have repented and asked for forgiveness and aren't following, that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's the number one hope and desire of this movie. Uh, secondly, it would be to those that do know Christ that are professing believers that, that you can really trust the Lord, that he is faithful. Uh, it doesn't mean you're always going to get what you want or what you think you deserve, but God, we know that, you know, Jesus said, you know, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible also says, if I'm for you, who can be against you? Mm-hmm. So to me, the, to me here, this is, this is a, a, a really important point. What I learned through this process with my son in the Sean movie, is that I needed to surrender all and push all my chips in, as I mentioned earlier. We can't hold back. We can't hedge our bets. We can't be lukewarm. We can't be half in or half out. Now, mm-hmm. if you wanna live the victorious life that that we have access to, then we have a responsibility, I believe, to seek God wholeheartedly and to live obediently and to pursue him. And I just think, I just think, I just don't think we as believers are all in. I mean, some are, many are, I hope I pray, but if we were all in, if everyone was totally surrendered to Jesus and pushing all their chips in and and betting on him, so to speak, then I believe we'd see revival in this land. I'd see, I think we would see amazing godlike things happen all over this country. So my encouragement is one is, is, is for people to, do this movie to come to know Jesus because it is the victorious life. It is a life of joy and gratitude and satisfaction. Doesn't mean all your trials and tribulations are going to go away. Doesn't mean all your problems will disappear, but Jesus will be with you through those very difficult times. He will help you navigate through those those challenging times. So I, I my encouragement is go deeper into your faith, dig deeper, lean in further. Listen to God wants to speak to you, read your word, seek God, because as, I, as we know, as I've learned, there's nothing that compares to being with him in his presence and, 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 and furthering his kingdom rather than furthering my own kingdom in the baseball world or the Mercedes Benz world or all those things I've had running with celebrities and doing crazy stuff. I mean, it looks good, it sounds good, and maybe it's good for for a minute or two, but it wears off, it's gone, and it leaves you more empty. And there's only one thing that can fill that void in our lives, and that's a God-shaped void that we're trying to fill with alcohol, drugs, pornography, gambling, whatever it is. Only Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, can fill that void and position us, as we talked about earlier, to have the success uh, and, to, and that's another good point I would ask you guys and I ask people this all the time what is success to you guys what is success to each of you individually as a married couple as a father as a husband as a mom mm-hmm. uh, as a wife Six people don't know what success is what is success so mm-hmm. I think we've got to figure out what is success according to the Lord to mm-hmm. God what does that look like what is success to God and then we need to Strategically planned, we need to again put on the full armor, we need to do the things we need to do to carry out that plan so that we can we can put on display and magnify this love of God that, that's w- within inside us, the Holy Spirit, and that that we're more than conquerors, but we mm-hmm. live like we're defeated many times as the overall body of Christ the church, and that's wrong. We are more than conquerors. Through
2: him,
1: through faith in him. Yes. Man, I love that challenge. Be Mm. all in. And, you know, that's really the difference between a believer and a disciple is, you know, believers Mm. believe, disciples, they're all in. Mm -hmm. Like like the Mm -hmm. chips are in the middle of the table. And like, like, there's no other way. Like we're like, if we're, if we're not into this, like we're dead, you know, we, we've, yeah. we, we, everything's <laughs> and yeah. you know, we, we joke, but like, that's what, what Jesus really wants from us, you know, like, yeah. and, and not in like an unhealthy, like not in a, you know, in a, in a bad right. way, because, yes. because there are, there are extremes of that, but, God, but Jesus yes. wants us to just like, to trust him. He said, you know, so many times he says, according to your faith, be it done to you mm. according mm. to your faith, you know, and like, and so like, so many people they get what they they believe about god you know and we see that with the israelites um fact that like, mm-hmm. like there's 10 spies that say man like we 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 believe bad things like there's no way we can do this and there's two that said that said yeah we, you know we can do this let's go and Amen. you know god god later says man like you're gonna you, you're gonna get what you what you had you said you're gonna die in the day de- you you'll die here you're gonna die you're di- here you're going to believe me. You're going to trust me. You're going to see the rewards of that. And so many times, you know, like we get what we believe about God and we, what we believe about God is so much dependent upon that quiet time that we have in the mornings, Mm -hmm. the time in, in his word,
2: Mm. knowing
1: the father, knowing that he has good plans for us, plans to prosper you and give you a hope in a future. And that's, what's important.
2: And like you said, letting, you know, work be worship whatever we do, doing Good. it all for God's glory. You know, I love that point you brought up earlier t- as well, just, you know, worshiping as you work mm. and that's huge. Yeah.
1: And success. And I
2: think as
0: you guys are, we're, as we're talking, I think God is, wants us to say that it's all about our hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants, our, it's about where is our heart. And I, I ask God, Lord, search my heart. Lord, if, if there's anything in my heart, that's not honoring to you, please reveal it to me so that I can, Hopefully address it, but it's a hard issue. It always comes down to where's your heart at. If if your heart's all in for Jesus, uh, you'll experience some amazing. Uh, this is a crazy journey that we're on. This is, and people say, well, you follow Jesus, it's do's and don'ts. You can't do this. You just leave your. It's all about legalism. It's all about keeping the rules. I tell you what, it's the most exciting journey I've ever been on because every day is an adventure because I don't know what God's going to do. And I'm looking to see God. I'm wanting to walk in the spirit. We know that, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting journey. I don't feel like I, there's things I can't do. And I mean, there's things I don't do. And, you know, I, I, and I, there are definitely things we can't, we shouldn't do. Uh, but I really believe that, uh, you know, when, when our heart, when we humble ourselves before God each day and we're in our word and God is, God, God is dealing with our hearts, so that we become more like Jesus. Uh, it's exciting. I don't, I've never felt like that. This was a, a lifestyle or a journey that, that wasn't fulfilling, man. I can't imagine doing life without Jesus.
2: Yeah. I love
1: how you said, you know, you've, you've had all that success. You've had those things, but man, I can't imagine, you know, you keep on coming back to Jesus. I can't imagine life without jesus and i love that it's just you do this compare and contrast and it's you know there's a scale and there's and they're not equal they're not equal um and it's overwhelming well
0: Well, everybody's so now focused immediate set gratis Mm. gratification satisfaction i was at a game when i was the dodgers gm i was sitting between the owner of the dodgers and the owner of the angels and they were talking about all their stuff and all this and that. And the verse came to me and I looked at each other and I said, what would it profit the man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? Mm-hmm. So that, and I was kind of running in, in that world for a long time. And it was like, would I give up knowing Jesus and knowing I'm going to spend eternity in heaven for all the things of the world? no way it's not it ain't it's not even apples and oranges it's Mm. it's no comparison but but the interesting thing now is we know that the world there's there's evil there's darkness the enemy has blinded the eyes of people and that's what God's calling us to do is through through our love and through our walk with him to to help people's the the blinders to come off so that they can know this Jesus and even the people in the churches professing Christians most of them, they don't read. They're not reading their Bible. They don't really know who God is. They don't really know who. I mean, how amazing this God is. So, are they seeking Him wholeheartedly, or is there something in the way of them seeking Him? Uh, I don't know. I just it's just an encouragement. I, I and and I get frustrated sometimes because I don't feel like I can motivate people. And I know it's all it's between them and God, but it's sometimes I say. God, can I do this differently? Can I say it differently? Can I do something different that people are going to come to know you? I just try to pray a lot and and do what I can do, but I'm frustrated sometimes for folks because I want them to have what I have. I want them to be in love with Jesus the way I'm in love with Jesus and to experience this fulfillment, this, this presence of God. that's ah, you know, when you're, it's, I don't know. I don't always do a good job, probably explaining that, but I, I try hard. <laughs> well,
1: I love how, you know, you have that passion. And I think a lot of, you know, we, and, and a lot of our listeners have that same passion. How do we get, you know, how do we get people to know this, the goodness of God? How do we share that, you yeah. know, and, and, and truly in so many ways, it comes down to the power of story and power of testimony. And I love how Amen. you guys have done that with, you know, with your story through the Sean miracle. I love how you're, you've told the, the story of God's goodness and you've given mm. the testimony, you know, that's how we, you know, that's how we will overcome is, you know, by the power yes. of blood and, and the word of our testimony. And so Amen. I, I love how you, you know, you give that testimony of God's goodness, his faithfulness to your family and how you encourage people to say. Man, like God's done it for us, He'll 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 do it for you guys as well. You know, yes. just r- maintain that maintain that environment of faith, maintain those people around you, and uh, and and don't ever give up on God. And so how right. can people how can people connect with you? How can people hmm. find out more about the the things that you're involved with the human trafficking? Okay. And how can people uh, watch the film The Sean Miracle? Okay.
0: Well, there's two ways to watch. It's on YouTube, so you can go to Sean Miracle. It's S H A W N seanmiracle.com or seanmovie.com. We also have just redid an amazing website that has a a photo storybook. So you can press on photos of Sean or our family and they tell a little story and it's kind of a storyboard of photos that lead you to watch the movie. We have it in different languages too. We dubbed it in Farsi. We pumped it into Iran. Over 8 million homes had access to it. We don't know how many people watched it. We, We have it in Hebrew subtitles. We've been to Israel pre-COVID and spoke at churches and youth groups and shared the Sean uh, Miracle uh, in Hebrew. We have it in Spanish subtitles. And we also have it in Amharic, which is an Ethiopian language. But we're praying for God to show us if he wants us to do it in, 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 in other languages. Now, the problem, as you guys probably know, is it's not so much getting the film in these languages, it's distribution, how to get, them, how to get it to the people. It's almost like the gospel. How do we get to the gospel to people? But anyway, I get off track. But so it's SeanMaracle.com, SeanMovie.com. Or if they want to learn more about human trafficking, uh, we also have a great website. It's USIHT.org. It stands for the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, USIHT.org. We, what we're trying to do is raise up an army of warriors to fight against child sex trafficking. So wherever you're located, any city, town in America, we will equip you. We will train you. We will help you to get in the fight and position you to have success wherever you live. And we have a lot of different things that we're doing in the fight against uh, human trafficking. Uh, our website uh, tells about all of that. But uh, but. Even on the uh, seanmiracle.com or seanmovie.com, there's uh, phone numbers and there's uh, email addresses if people uh, wanna reach out to me or to my wife or to Sean. And we do, we speak, uh, we've traveled around speaking in different countries, uh, around different parts of the United States. So, uh, you know, and this is a need, as as you guys probably know too, that, drug overd- overdose deaths are up 30%. So, uh, la- I think it was two years ago in 2019, the deaths were at 70,000 that were drug overdose deaths. And it's over, it was over a hundred thousand last year. And wow. this year it's going to break all records. So we have a real problem with, with, with fam- that families are dealing with, with drug addictions and drug overdose and deaths. So, mm-hmm. uh, we 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 need the churches need to step up and, and speak about the issues that families are dealing with. People sitting in the pews, uh, there's issues within your family that that you need to get help and reach. And there's no shame. That's the thing. People were trying to bring shame. That, hey, you know, Kevin and Marilyn must not have been very good parents because look at Sean. He's now doing drugs. He drug mm. overdose. Yeah, it, 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 it was it was be it was. It was about his relationship with God, not ours, and God was going to use this for his honor and glory, so uh, I would just say to everybody listening out there, if you've got a challenge in your life, uh, no matter what it is, you know, you can reach out to, I'm sure, you guys or to, uh, to the my United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, even if it's not trafficking related, or to the Sean Movie, uh, Sean Miracle website, and We'll do our best to find help for you, resources for you uh, that that you need, because we want to bring that healing, and we know who the healer is. We know Jehovah Rapha. We've seen it in our own house, so and He does heal, and He loves you, and and He and He loves he, he He loves you so much that He wants a relationship so that He can bless you and 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 use you in a way that you can never imagine in, a, in, in an amazing way.
1: Hmm. Well said. Yes amen and amen mm-hmm. kevin what an honor to have you on the show today absolutely. such inspiring words such challenging words um i think we all can kind of walk away and say wow you know take action do these you know do these things and uh
2: and be in the presence of god and read yeah, the amen. word absolutely amen. So, keep me in your
0: prayers guys because we know and the movie reveals that there is power in prayer Amen. yeah god hears our prayers when we cry out to him he hears our prayers so Mm. for you guys as well as your listeners i ask that you pray for for our family for sean for me for i'm fighting this evil and trafficking and it's 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 an uphill battle so i covet your prayers and i thank you for the opportunity to be on your show god bless you guys if i don't see you here on earth i'll look forward to worshiping and celebrating jesus when we all get to heaven
1: Mm. Amen. amen amen well we 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 be protection and blessing on all you put your hand to kevin thank you so mm-hmm. much for being on the show
2: yes thank
0: you god bless you guys stay in touch